please. Good morning to everybody, once again. As you know, I am not a preacher, <laughs> but I have preached several times when our minister would take a vacation or he'd go to a seminar in Florida. And uh, I got a surprise Wednesday night. <coughs> Charles said, Bob, you're preaching Sunday. I said, oh. Wow, why am I going to preach? So anyway, I looked at some of my old lessons that I had uh, preached before, and I found this lesson, Common Sense in the Bible. And I, didn't, I couldn't believe it, but I preached this in 19, uh, no, 2009, which is a long time. But I hope you will bear with me as I preach this lesson. Uh, I hope that we can benefit from what I'm going to say today because it means so much to me, God's Word. Now, the purpose of my lesson today is to help each one of us to have a better understanding of God's Word, the Bible. Now, I'm sure that some of you may have heard <coughs> sermons on this subject many times by different men, proving that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. Now, I'm sure that many different men have preached this lesson, and I think we need that. We need to be sure that God's Word is true. But this morning, I would like to present this lesson in a way that all of us can understand God's Word and understand his will for us. So this morning, I hope to challenge your thinking as we study this lesson together. So first of all today, I want us to understand that truth is very important in our life. You see, truth does not change. Truth is the same today, and it'll be the same tomorrow. Now, I also want us to understand that this book, this Bible, did not happen by accident because this great book was divine from its very beginning, and it was the word of a higher power, being God himself. God wrote this book. Now, folks, this great book is man, in man's hand, is really one of the things that Satan fears the most. Satan does not want us to study this book. He trembles a lot of times when he sees Christians living their life by this book. Now, several years ago, more than 700 ministers of different churches in the United States were surveyed in order to find out what they believed the Bible said. Now, 
their belief concerning the Bible when it was taken the year was 1942. I think you'd be shocked when you realize I know many were not born in 1942. But I want to share with you some of their beliefs that they believed at that time. And uh, it might shock you also. Number one, 48% did not believe the Bible account of creation. Number two, 39% did not believe in a revelation from God. Number three, 43% did not believe that the Bible was really inspired. Number four, 33% no longer believe that there is a devil. Number five, 38% did not believe that the Old Testament prophets could predict the future. Number six, 19% did not believe that Jesus was equal with God. Number seven, 33% did not believe in the resurrection of the soul. Number eight, 33% did not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Number nine, 51% did not believe that the Bible and baptism was necessary for man's salvation. Number 10, 39% believed that all well-meaning people should be received into the church regardless of what they believe concerning man's salvation. That's really frightening when you think about people in 1942 believing like that. Now, this article was by a gospel preacher by the name of Brother R.L. Wilson, and it was titled at that time, Modern Attitudes Towards the Bible. So I guess my question is this. If preachers were that liberal at that time in 1942, <clears throat> what do they really believe in the year 2024? Now, folks, it was because of this disturbing revelation that I chose this lesson today. Because I do see so many people, people in this great country, America, who do not believe the Bible. You don't have to go far to talk to someone. And if you bring up the Bible, most of the time they just walk off and leave you. They don't want to talk about that. So this is why we, especially as God's people, not only need to keep teaching our young people, but we need to be able to teach all people that God's word is true and that is authority. Now it is true that it is the Lord's church responsibility to teach God's word, <clears throat> but it's also our responsibility to practice what that word says. So this is why I want to point out some of the reasons why I believe that the Bible is inspired. And I also believe that God gave man this great book for a purpose. 
And that purpose was for man to know him. And really, it should make sense to each one of us that if there is a God who created this earth, and I believe they were, it should make sense to us that the man he created would be for its rulership. And by God putting man over this earth and everything that he created, we can see that this was his plan from the very beginning. You see, God also gave man qualities. He gave him a mind for being able to understand his will. Qualities that give him great reasoning power and also qualities that enable him to love and to have trust. Qualities such as a conscious that it really affects the past. But that conscious also affects the present and also the future. Now, folks, what we need to understand that man is a twofold being. There is the outward man and there is the inward man. Man is of flesh and he is of spirit. And each man has a heart. And this is why he is really in a class by himself. Man has spiritual qualities that make him different from all of the other creatures that were created. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 4 and 16, the Apostle Paul says that though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. Now, folks, when you look back, we can see that man has always had an eternal longing for his maker with his creator. And as far as we know, no nation or no tribe has ever been found that does not practice some form of religion. So for man's loaning for his creator, surely this should prove to us that he does have a spirit. And it should make sure that he wants to make his, his will revealed to this type of man. And he really, he did this in his holy word, the Bible. Now, if God had not revealed himself to man by the Bible, my question is, how would we know why we're here on this earth? And how would we know where we're going? Now, folks, common sense tells us that we did originate in some way, somehow. Folks, there is why man needs God's word. And man needs to understand the will of his creator. In fact, the Bible gives man the only explanation of his creation. And really, common sense also tells us that this is the reason God gave man the Bible. Because without a revelation from God, our very existence on this earth would be an endless riddle. We wouldn't know why we're here. And without the Bible, 
our life would surely be a dark mystery. And our death would be a dreadful leap into darkness. Now, folks, this is why God did give man the Bible, because it does provide everything necessary for us to be able to understand his will. Having a hard time here. Now, it is true that nature does testify of God's creation. It testifies of his power. And even though Psalms 19 and 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shouteth his handiwork. Let me say this. Nature does not repeat. And I say this again, it does not relate to us God's will for man. So in addition to the testimony of nature, God has given man the Bible. And that Bible is to fulfill a purpose. And that purpose is for man to know God, to love him, and also serve him. I want to ask you to ask yourself a question today. I want you to think about this. Where would you be today without this Bible to guide your life? Think about that. Where would you be? Well, let me say this truthfully. I thank God every day for this great book because this book changed my life completely. Now, in 2 Peter 3 and 16, Peter quoted the Apostle Paul as saying that some things are hard to understand. But he did not say that it was impossible for us to comprehend them now, surely it makes sense to us to agree that God himself wrote this great book. And for proof, I would like to look at some of these prophecies concerning Christ that were fulfilled in the New Testament. Number one, in Isaiah 7, 13, and 14, the Bible says that Christ would be born of a virgin. Now, this prophecy was fulfilled in Matthew, the second chapter, 1 and 11. Number 2, Micah 5 and 2 says that Christ would be born in Bethlehem. This prophecy was fulfilled in Matthew, the second chapter, in verse 1. In Zechariah 9, 9 and 10, it tells us about Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. This was fulfilled in Matthew 21, 1 through 9. Also in Psalms 41 and 9, it says that Jesus would be betrayed by a familiar friend. This was fulfilled in Mark 14, 43 and 49. In Zechariah 11, 12 and 13, it says that the price of betrayal would be 30 pieces of silver. We know this was fulfilled in Matthew 27, 3 and 10. And Psalms 12 and 18 says that men would cast lots for Jesus' garments. This was fulfilled in John 19 and 24. Now, folks, there are many, many other prophecies that I could name to prove that the Bible is true, but surely these 
will suffice for us. Now, folks, the Bible tells us how to live, and it teaches us how to die. It teaches us to live in faith. It also teaches us to die in hope. Now, even though Romans 3 and 23 says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, we do, we do know that all is not lost because this same Bible tells us how we can be saved, how we can be forgiven. Folks, God will not hold our sins against us if, I circle that little word if, if we're willing to repent and turn away from the sin we're living. And really common sense tells us that man cannot find the answer to the age-old question that he's asked many times without looking at the Bible. It's the same question that Job asked in Job 14 and 14 when he asked the question, if a man die, can he live again? So once again, if we're to find the answer to this question, we must go to God's word, the Bible. This is why the Bible continues to be such a popular book throughout all the ages. And the Bible is still cherished by many people today. I know a lot of people have their phones, but in their phones is the word of God. This book has always been a purifying influence on human nature. We can look around and see that. In fact, the Bible has done more to elevate man and to bless this world than all the books that have ever been written. And it is never out of date, as some people say today. So surely it makes sense to us that this book, the Bible, can fulfill all of our needs, and we all need that in our life. Now it is true that human beings wrote every word of the Bible, but we need to remember that they were directed by the Holy Spirit. Because the Apostle Peter said in 2 Peter 1, 21 and 22 that holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Paul also affirmed that he preached the certified gospel. Well, you might ask Bob, what did he mean by a certified gospel? Well, he meant that the gospel he preached was guaranteed to be true and to be accurate. Now, folks, it is true that most people today do not, I mean, do want proof that the Bible is true, and they want proof in their life, in their personal life. This is why doctors take x-rays. This is why they run tests in laboratories, because they want proof of what they see this is also why companies hire a CPA to check their records. They want proof that everything is right. People also 
hire lawyers and surveyors to examine the title of their property. While they do that, they won't prove that it's right. So surely, it seems that us, Christians, should seek proof of our religion. Now, folks, our religion should be the most important thing in our life. And really, it should make sense to us that our God could make a book that is both human and it's both divine at the same time. Folks, this is why God gave us a mind. And he expects us to be able to rightly divide his word and also be willing to obey it. Folks, we as God's children need to always practice what the Bible says in order for us to be saved. Because we need to remember that this book, the Bible, is the mind of God. Now, as I close this lesson today, I would like to say something. I want to take this opportunity to thank every member of this congregation, the Lord's Church here at Saudi. I want to thank you for all you do, working together to help make this Saudi Church what God would have it to be. And may God continue to bless each one of us as we worship together, work together, and help make the Saudi Church a glorious church in our community. The lesson is now yours. Now, it's customary that after we have our lesson that we give an invitation to encourage anyone here who is not a Christian. It may be that you've thought about it, you've prayed about it, but there comes a time that we have to make that decision whether we're going to live a life for Christ or we're going to live for ourselves. Now, Romans 10 and 17 says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hebrews 11 and 6 says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Acts 17.30 says that one must be willing to repent, turn away from the life you're living. Matthew 10 and 32 says that one must confess that Jesus is the Son of God. Mark 16 and 16 says that he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Now, there may be someone here this morning who has obeyed the gospel maybe years ago or maybe your life is not right and you do need the prayers of this congregation. But we want to take this opportunity to invite you to come forward if you need to be baptized. One of our elders will be glad to assist you. Or if you need the prayers of this church, We'll be glad to pray with you and pray for you. Thank you. The lesson is yours.